time to get cozy and watch a Christmas movie. Cuddle up with a cutie and watch a Christmas movie. It's a podcast in a queer tree. Hello and welcome back to a podcast in a queer tree. Happy Christmas Eve, Scott. <laughs> oh, well, today we are talking about uh, the 2020 Hallmark classic question mark mm. Christmas she wrote <laughs> on that one yeah I, I certainly don't get an instant classic vibe from this one um, me neither yeah I uh, have to admit that a few times while I was watching this movie I checked to see how much more was in the movie oh, like really? how how what what how What's going on here? Where are we at? How much more of this do I have to deal with? Wow, and you've seen a million of these movies. You had to ask, where are we at? (laughs) You're you're like, gosh, what's left to happen in this movie? It's not like I have a a literal checklist in front of me or anything. (laughs) I wonder what's coming. Exactly. Uh, Here's a synopsis. When writer Kaylee has her column canceled before Christmas, she heads home to reconnect with family, obviously. Sparks fly when she gets an unexpected visit from the man who canceled her column. Mm. Uh, Do you have any... That is what happens. Do you have any um, cast notes on this, Scott? Um, I mean, I I can talk about the cast a little bit. Um, the well, just star... the past few episodes, you've started strong with some cast notes, so I just thought I'd... Uh... Oh, well, yeah, the, the last one in particular had a lot of interesting cast notes. This one, like I was saying before we started rolling, this is a pretty standard Hallmark movie in a lot of ways, right? Like, it's yeah. they, the plot's very standard. They've swapped some new actors in. And this time, it's uh, Danica McKellar, who was a child actor on a series called The Wonder Years. Um, was she the sister on the Wonder Years? Not the sister. She was oh. the, I hesitate to say love interest because they were like elementary school children. Children, But she, she right. was essentially the love interest for the main character, uh, Kevin, who I think by the time that series ended, they were like getting engaged and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. They basically grew up with the show. Right. Um, and then she went like the actor went to university and became a math genius. I think she already was a math genius. Okay. And she has published something like a dozen books about math aimed at different age groups. She wow. has a, I'm pretty sure she has a theorem that is either named her after theorem. her or, or she has like a hand in a theorem or, or something. Um, but yeah, wow. she's a, she is a legit math genius cool um which makes this film a little disconcerting because her her shtick as an actor is always to be like a little unconfident and um always kind of compliant and like just fretting all the time and stuff um but yeah in real life she's a a real badass and then the main love love interest is a guy named dylan neal who um was on soap operas for a long time and right. is a he's in tons of Hallmark stuff, including some of their uh, like weekly TV series. Uh, he's on a drama series. Uh, it's the one with uh, 
Andy McDowell, who is also also in one of our movies. Yes, Christmas Inheritance, I believe. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So these these two are very uh, big time Hallmark people. Okay. Uh, well, I was only one weird transportation away from getting a bingo line. Oh. Um, I mean, I could have made up weird transportation because obviously at this point in the season, why not? But it didn't feel right. I just couldn't make it happen. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird transportation to... Like the fact that they were basically going from New York to the middle of nowhere, <laughs> California. California, like outside of Lake Tahoe somewhere. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's there's no like nobody gets flown around in a gyrocopter or anything like that. Exactly. Um, I did get a line. Oh, um, tell me about it. I got a line for uh, Bechtel test. Um, I think oh, really? her sister. I'm not sure oh, why I okay. flagged that. But anyway, helping a kid with a project, obviously. Yep. Uh, tight 90. Yep. Uh, flirting with sports. And actually, Dr. Slip pointed this one out because they go skating. Yep. And I gave myself chef because her sister owns a oh, yeah. bakery or bakery. something. Totally. So, yeah. Uh, one that was on my card that uh, I think there's like no way this was ever going to happen, evident from the first 30 seconds, was passing the DuVernay test. Oh, yeah. This is this movie is just like a sea of pasty white people. I can think of exactly one non-white person in this movie. Oh, and he's gay, of course. And he's ben. gay, which is nice. But yeah. Yeah. He's, My he's doing double duty on diversity there. It was rough. It was rough. I hope he got paid twice as much for that. You know he didn't, but I can hope. <laughs> yeah. um, I wouldn't hold my breath. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I had both Toronto and Alberta on mine, which is unfair. Didn't get to mark either off because it was filmed in Victoria, BC. Yeah, filmed in BC. I recognized a lot of the... A lot of character people or BC actors. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the movie opens at work at the newspaper office. Uh, we meet <clears throat> Stephen, who is the quintessential gay best friend to is it, Kaylee. Is he though? Because I swear I spent the entire first two thirds of this movie thinking to myself, is he gay? Is mm, he straight? Is because he, he wasn't is he bi? Is, does he just have a weird energy? Like I, I had a real hard time figuring out because they didn't make it super obvious, I don't think. But it well, it, he was he wasn't too gay, right? Yeah, he wasn't right? flamboyant at all. But he certainly came across certainly as a kind of well put together, mature gay man. Say, I don't know how yeah. old they're supposed to be. 30? You know, one of the things, so on this note, one of the things that really threw me off is how much older uh, Trip yeah. appears. Yeah, Dr. Like Slip commented in, on that as well. And she's like, yeah. he seems so way in, too old for her. I looked it up. Yeah. She is 45. Yeah, so in, 
in and in real life he's 51 yeah. so it's like he's younger you know, than whatever. me god damn it <laughs> sorry scott oh god the, i'm so dr slip just laughed at that in the next room too <laughs> that's a sobering realization oh. sorry bud um and i think like like you know six years especially when you're like middle-aged is nothing like it's inconsequential but i think the the piece that freaked me out a little bit is that in this movie it feels like she is supposed to be much younger than that and he is not and And the like as i as i implied sorry go ahead the boss like employee dynamic combined with that age difference is a little icky that that was the part i had the most problem with obviously i don't have a big problem with huge age differences because dr (laughs) have a huge age difference but but the reason people are so creeped out by that usually i think is because there's a danger of a toxic power dynamic between the much older person and the much younger person yeah um but as it turns especially out, when the, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, especially when the much older person is a man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and her boss, which was to me the the much more objectionable part of all this about how her boss is both yeah. pursuing her to get her back to work, but also it feels like falling in love with her as he does it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess they kind of deal with that a little bit towards the end of the film where they're like, oh, you know, we should probably put some kind of partition between our roles here. But it's not really uh, those kind of problems don't exist in Hallmark movies, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Those kind of intergender pitfalls. Anyway. Professional yeah. boundaries, I hardly know her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, the, the apparent age difference probably gives some people pause to the extent where you're like, well, he can't be the love interest. I, I think Big that's time. what actually Do- Dr. Slip thought at first was like, well, it's yeah. not him, right? We're going to meet somebody else. Yeah. Um, and I was confused too by the synopsis I read. Um, I forget mm-hmm. where I read it said something about how she goes home and is inspired by her original mentor so I kept looking for that oh yeah she is technically like she yeah we meet her old editor who's like oh you should do a column in our local paper and um and she there's a scene at one point where she's talking to I think like an old high school English teacher who taught both her and her gay friend Brian. And she like, yeah, at one of her little column related events, and she's mm-hmm. like matchmaking for her old teacher and stuff. I was like, well, so yeah, they kept showing these other people. And I was like, really? Is it going to be him? Yeah. And, and then eventually it became clear that it is going to be Dylan Neal. And I was like, oh, okay. But like almost by the power of deduction, you know, yeah. like we, yeah. we had to be like, okay, well, it's not this guy. It's not this guy. Yeah. It's not this guy. We're halfway through the movie, so I guess it's this guy. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's what it was like. The because yeah. the former editor guy, at, you first meet him, and you're like, "Gee, he's not very interesting." Yeah. Um, and then clearly, she starts to 
like the the movie basically pushes him and her sister together who yep is a i wrote her down she's a widowed baker sister yep she kind of meets a few roles there like everyone in this movie yep <laughs> um but yeah anyway it's there's some confusion i guess it's it's unusual that way for hallmark in that usually you've got a very obvious path mm-hmm. or you know who's supposed to be heading towards who and like who's going to get in the way and yeah for sure yeah yeah in some ways it was a very um like sort of generic stereotypical predictable hallmark movie and then in other ways it's like wait so i guess it's this guy like we, i feel like we weren't yeah. given enough clues or maybe you and i were just like it can't possibly be this guy <laughs> for so long <laughs> well, yeah because it, it just feels so wrong if, mm-hmm. if even if the age stuff doesn't bother you or apparent age stuff the yeah. work relationship should i think yeah um big time anyway yeah speaking of um, that's they meet at this first kind of it's not a work party per se but there's like an announcement that the outgoing editor-in-chief has to make exactly and and she M- meets she meets trip who is the dylan neal character the incoming editor-in-chief at that party he's a he is as usual like a dick to everybody and he rips her dress he like steps on it yeah and then also like immediately after that like three dudes come up to her and they're like oh your dress is ripped and I'm like what world is this where a simultaneous people are coming up to this person and being like did you know your dress is ripped your dress is ripped did you know that it's like by her leg like it's barely noticeable for all they know it's supposed to be that way they're just like yeah they're just like nagging her I'm like calm step back bros Jesus yeah um so yeah and then the this like like trip from moment one at this party is like really not making a good impression on me as an audience member like he is he's like standing behind Kaylee sorry so Malcolm is making this like forced retirement speech and Trip Buddy is just standing slightly behind and to the side of Kaylee, like whispering in her ear. Like she doesn't even know who this guy is. She tried to introduce herself, and he—we don't even know his name. Oh. Here, and he's like, "Ha ha!" And then this. Sorry, you broke up. It's like super creepy and weird. Okay. The next morning, uh, Stephen and Kaylee go back into the office for work who schedules an office party on a work night is unknown to me everyone is packing up their desks and they're like wtf big reveal the new boss is trip windham the dress ripper um kaylee's column has been canceled kaylee's column is i forget what it's called they say yeah it's about living your best life but is it also just called your best life something like that Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wrote, Stephen and I wrote it's kind of like a blog, but in print. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, I'd not thought of that. You're absolutely right. Her column is literally just a blog in print. It seems that way. Yeah. 
a hundred percent. She seems to have kind of like Martha Stewart dreams as, as far as the blog goes. And then as mm-hmm. we learn later, she also writes fiction, I guess, and, and yeah. has a novel she is thinking about trying to get published. She, she's like Martha Stewart meets therapy because she's a therapist. Yeah, she is also a therapist. Yeah. Which yeah. for someone who has those credentials, she doesn't always seem to have the best emotional intelligence yeah it's not it's not very good i mean sometimes i guess it's hard to like doctor yourself but i feel like i also though i think i think your point is more sound like if you have the skills to be a therapist presumably you like have the tools like you have to embody those in order to like help other people with them, right? It's not necessarily a switch you can like turn off and on. You'd think, well, you'd think that's also the root of the appeal of her column. Yes. And and there are scenes, there's at least one scene where she's talking to Trip or some, and says something like really profound to the other person. And they're like, oh, I can see why, you know, you must've been a good therapist or something, but it, it yeah. never quite, it, it does, seem to switch on and off from a screenwriting perspective yeah (laughs) yeah like clearly one of the writers was not a therapist they were just like i will write a therapist yeah or they just like they didn't bother writing therapist at the top of their whiteboard when they they sat down (laughs) yeah columnist was at the top therapist was the subscript yeah um so stephen and kaylee had a trip an annual vacation to Aspen that they were going to go on and it has to be canceled because Kaylee's like I'm upset about my column I can't possibly go um you remember why they don't just go there because they're from the same little small hometown in near Tahoe in California which is remarkable if you think about it these two people from a little town in California work for the same paper in New York now and totally both writing columns yeah (laughs) that is pretty amazing what are the chances in this day and age in this economy (laughs) almost pure fantasy (laughs) um like these cuts are long overdue as far as the as far as the newspaper business is concerned like yeah um so i forget they they actually mention at one point how neither one of them has been back or, or at least she has not been back to her little hometown in five years. Yep. I forget why exactly. I think they touch on it briefly. Um, I think but it sounds it's like a combi- she, she and Steven just basically have, they spend all their time together. Yeah. Uh, including Christmases, I guess. And they don't go home. I think it's a combination of she is like still upset about her breakup broken engagement with dan and i I literally completely (laughs) forgot that guy (laughs) that's okay um and because she and steven go to aspen like or they go i don't know if they go to aspen every year but they like go that's where they were going this year yeah Yeah. so i think it's like yeah because when she arrives at her sister's house in a few scenes her sister's like you know you haven't been here for five years like you know and and i think that is like paired with a remark about oh it's too bad your and steven's annual trip got canceled or something 
Yeah, that whole thing sits kind of weirdly for me. Like I get the thing with her fiance and like not wanting to show your face maybe the first year after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like he lived there either. Like he was yeah. going around the world. That's the point. He was going around the world doing Doctors Without Borders or something. Yeah, he was in Haiti the whole time. Yeah, right. And he wanted her to mm-hmm. go with him and she wouldn't. Go figure. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but she's also got this like adorable Moppet niece. And I'm yeah. like, why aren't you going home for Christmas to yeah. be with to your sister and niece? But anyway, go figure. Yeah, know. that I agree. There's like a few, there's a few like pieces missing from that explanation, I think. Yeah. Um, but she so she writes her final column and decides to go home for Christmas, calls her sister, and then the next day she's like, I guess I'll be there tomorrow. And then the next day is in her sister's bakery cafe. Um, I like how she's trying excited. to, I assume one of the reasons why they canceled the trip is because layoffs, they need to save money and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But she can get a inexpensive last minute flight from New York to Tahoe by way of LAX. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Same day. Super, super, <laughs> yeah, super chill, easy last minute flight. Yeah. No problem. No problem. No problem. Um, back at the office, Trip is getting shit on by his boss, whose name I wrote down but can't find. Who's um, <laughs> like a very creepy, like super villain. He's like so over the top creepy. I would love to know what kind of preparation that actor did <laughs> when he took this role. If he was just like, like I don't... studying old films of Lou Grant and being like, how can I be the most insane editor possible? Oh, he's not an editor, so, he's a publisher. So but. wild. And like, I don't watch a lot of, like, I'm not really plugged into the Marvel universe, but I imagine, like, I, the vibe I get from him is that he, like, the day before this shoot, auditioned for a Marvel villain and just brought that energy with oh, him. I thought- I thought you were gonna say you remind he reminded you of J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man franchise, who's like the oh. crazy editor who's always yelling about how he wants pictures of Spider-Man. Um, oh, I mean, but, yeah, that's it. That also sounds like it tracks. Well, except that this guy is a publisher, and right, sure. One of the, again, I, I get kind of caught up in both the inaccuracies of the newspaper world and just the inaccuracies of being a writer since I am one (laughs) and yeah there's a whole lot of fucking nonsense around both of those Um, but yeah the the fact that this (laughs) the fact that this publisher is so obsessed with getting Kaylee back just because somebody told him oh yeah I really like her column like she's really great like it's hard to imagine a columnist where they're that indispensable. Yeah, for um, sure. As and if, where a, as where a publisher like... would actually intervene and be like, oh, I understand you, you know, you cut this column or whatever, you better get her back. Like, that that just wouldn't happen, I don't think. Yeah. It certainly wouldn't happen like this, where he's like for sure. call, calling Trip every day and be and, like, and like, have is... you got Kelly back yet? You better get down there. Trip's like what? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you better go there. 
Don't and come like, back. I, like as though <laughs> she doesn't come back to the paper. Don't come back yourself. <laughs> the guy's like, I live in New yeah, York. You're <laughs> fired. Yeah, you're fired. Yeah, can I at least come back to the city? And he's like, No, you're no. you're banned from the state of New York. We've burned down your building. As though there aren't here. like a million like white lady lifestyle blogs on the internet just begging to be turned into a column in a newspaper like yeah. i don't it's it is baffling i didn't think too hard about it until you brought it up but yeah it obviously makes no sense it makes no goddamn <laughs> sense at all so but he, but uh, he went for it you gotta give him that 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 actor he fucking goes for it if, he committed yeah he committed he went full villain he sure did um so obviously um oh no first we go okay there's this part i don't know why this bugged me so much but it was so annoying we go to amy amy is the sister i think sure uh yes amy's the sister we go to amy's house and uh kaylee's like unpacking and getting settled there's this this ongoing trend in christmas movies and not just hallmark movies that I have brought up before and continue to be baffled by where high school is this like metric of like socialization that people keep going back to. Like in this scene, um, Kaylee is talking about how her sister's husband who died, right? We don't dwell on it, but he's I'm not around. Sure she is a widow. Yes. Yeah so her husband has died she's a widow and it's been like that for like many years and Kaylee is like thinking back to like Amy's high school crushes about mm. who she could go on a date with and I don't I I earnestly am baffled why high school I think the problem is just that it's a function of the formula because the formula is you go back to your hometown Right. And the people that you know there are the ones you would have gone to high school with unless it's a college town, which never is. Sure. And that part of the formula probably comes out of the target age range of these movies, I'm guessing, because the probably yeah. the earliest target age is late 20s. Right. Where I think someone in their late 20s, if they went, if they had to go back to their hometown and kind of stay there for a while, maybe they would consider going out with someone they went to high school with. Yeah, but, that's a good point. But someone who is 45. <laughs> Surely as, as you've done is. something, interacted with like a large group of people in a social context yeah. that you can like sub in for high school. It's confusing to me. Um, so then we go back to the cafe. Um, Kaylee's like picking up some cafe shifts while she's in town. Rob, the... Uh, small town newspaper editor who Amy and like they obviously like each other but yep. Rob shows up at the cafe and he's like oh Kaylee you should write a column for me um, Trip is constantly phoning Kaylee and emailing him or emailing her and she's blocking him um, and then there's this scene in Trip's office when he's like it's like a, a, a shot of him like frustrated and like you know hangs up the phone and he's like oh it's not working and he gets an email notification on his screen and it's just a like <laughs> thumbnail profile picture of the villain boss in all caps is she back double question mark <laughs> that's so great 
so over the top and funny. Yeah, it's not often I get to, usually I'm calling out props, but in this case, I'm calling out graphics. Nice job. Graphics. <laughs> yeah, really good job. You really maximized the most of the five minutes they gave you to put that together. <laughs> they made it happen. Yeah. Um, oh, the name of the town is Pineberry. So then Trip decides he has to go down there. He has to go talk to her in person. Um, yeah. he's like, she won't pick up the phone. What choice does he have? <laughs> Well, exactly. There's He's nothing else he could do. The country. Yep. So his assistant, who is oh. the only other person of color in this film and has maybe mm. four lines, whose name yeah. I don't even remember. They do say it, but I don't. Oh, do they? Okay. They do because it's at one point Stephen and Kaylee are like, oh, like she told me this thing. So it's like reputable. Yeah, she's like there. She's one of the many people who says to trip. You really shouldn't have fired Kaylee. Yeah, totally. It's just to see if people whole... being like, "Wow, you you really fucked up on that one." Yeah, she's the reason people buy this paper, and I'm like, Is she the "Yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah, exactly." Somehow, live your yeah. best life. Yeah. Um, so then, Trip arrives at the Pineberry Inn, mm-hmm. uh, which is run by Mary, who is, I dare I say, suspicious about why trip is in town on business she's like what business could you possibly have to do in pineberry excellent question um yeah i mean a fair a fair question she's being a little bit nosy but i think in a small town if someone you've never met before is like i'm here on business a week before christmas she's like are you this is something well it's two weeks before christmas because remember she's been given a new column that starts like the same day (laughs) Because there's only 12 days left to Christmas. And she's like, well, what if I did a 12 days of Christmas column, like a column every day, and we tied it into some local event? I'm like, that is a lot of work. You haven't even advertised this. (laughs) So much work. So I have a a question for you, because this this scene with the inn kind of ties into this. How big Mm -hmm. do you suppose this town is? I was assuming it was like Star's Hollow size. So was I. So was I. But then we have lines like Amy saying, oh, Rob, I haven't seen him since high school. And I'm like, well, wouldn't you see each other literally all the time in this Stars Hollow kind of town? Yeah, it's like you run the bakery. Surely you see him like every other day. Yeah. That's a good point. uh, Yeah, I, I I think it is correct that they're in a very small small city by California standards but apparently <laughs> right, right. that you could just not bump into your old high school acquaintances all the time in t- in 10 years yeah somehow yeah somehow. <laughs> yeah that's a good point I hadn't put that together but that does not make a lot of sense so no. Mary runs the inn and Trip is like Mary, I'm here. I'm trying to find Kaylee, whatever her last name is. And Mary's like, I've known Kaylee her whole life. Her sister runs this bakery. And Tripp's like, I wish Mary had said something like, oh, yeah, we used to be girlfriends. But no. Yeah. There you go. Like, yeah, you're in a small town, bro. Be careful who you name drop. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So then Tripp goes to the cafe to try and find Kaylee. And Amy is like, oh, your trip. I've heard so much about you. Yeah. And then... Um, you, motherfucker. 
yeah exactly and then <laughs> the oh i think the only time i laughed out loud in this movie um was when kaylee sees him and she's like what are you doing here is there a grinch convention in town <laughs> made me laugh um she's very assertive on her home turf she is yes good point she feels at home there and she feels like she can say i think usually she feels like she can say whatever whereas back mm. in the office she was like Ooh. well i mean you would right. be though with your new editor-in-chief like you would at least be somewhat uh you would defer to them but um, yeah do got- you also feel though like that's it's like a big city small town trope that they're pl- like well, yeah he's the fish out of water now that? he doesn't know anything about this place and she knows everything about it so he's gonna tag yeah. along with her and he's like i'm gonna stay here until you agree to come back with me and i'm like that's poor consent <laughs> that's, that's you're already looking at a lawsuit probably buddy from several people that you've just let go um, yeah if i were you do, I would, do you really do you want to add stalking to that list yeah, cool your <laughs> jets i don't care what your publisher told you to do like He'll be named in the lawsuit too. <laughs> Don't worry, he's going down too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's not going yeah, down. He's, that's Trip is good... the fall guy for this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Scott, the last few movies that we have re- recorded, at least, that maybe they might not be exactly consecutive, but um, you've really been calling out bad consent practices. I really appreciate it. It's something that's on my mind a little more these days, like because probably from watching yeah. all these movies where it's <laughs> where they have terrible uh, consent practices. Yeah, like it's it's a real consistent <laughs> issue, I would say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's I'm not with something you. that does get called out a lot in the movies. I don't think it's just kind of like, oh well, you know. No. People will show up at your house any any time of the day that's... and drag you out to a tree farm and yeah, invite them to. <laughs> invite themselves to dinner not leave until you do what they want yeah jesus it's rough don't get me started yeah, on that rough. dan guy i don't care how fucking handsome you are dan i don't care oh, how, many, yeah. how many medical degrees you have oh once again God. she doesn't have a lot of great choices here she doesn't it's a it's a shallow pond yeah. um so Yes, he's going to stay in town until she agrees. She's like, oh, I have a new column. Even though she technically hasn't agreed to do the column yet. She hasn't yet, even written She it sort yet. of decides it. No, she decides in this moment just to spite trip. She's like, it's about discovering your best Christmas self. Mwah. Yeah. Um, like, I'm going to fly to Aldovia and I'm going to enter that baking contest. <laughs> and then you'll see. You shouldn't have fired me. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that callback. That's so good. <laughs> Um, and then Trip has a phone call with the villain publisher. Where the, this is where the villain publisher is like, if you can't get her back, you're fired. Yeah, don't bother um, coming back. Yeah. So Great. then they're walking down the street, talking together, and she, for some reason, invites him to come to the tree farm uh, as the activity for her first column to right. like cut down their own tree. Um, i can't read this note something be there be there or be square uh, be there or be square oh her niece will be there no that's not what that says whatever <laughs> I, um, I assume she's not trying to entice trip to come because her niece will be there if i well, god's sakes let's hope not um let's hope not 
this. She sends her first small town article is what I, oh, and then we go to the tree farm. Yeah. Yeah. She and Trip saw down a tree together. Yeah. <laughs> but not before the group visualization exercise. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. And he's She's like, like oh. He's got like this fancy camel coat on. He's there. He's like, oh, here, let me help you with that tree. And she's like, well, I guess I, I am wearing white. I'm like, what is wrong with both of you? You knew you were going to a tree farm. Why did you on. wear an entirely white outfit to a tree farm? Psychopaths. Such a good question. Um, so this is where we learn, of course, Trip is not a Christmas guy. Mm. Um but for reasons that are quite hard to uh, sympathize with, I think, because he and his rich family went to the country club for dinner. He got the newest gadget on Christmas morning, and then his dad went back to work. I think the bit we're supposed to sympathize with is just that he didn't have the kind of down-home quality Christmas that Hallmark wants to yeah. promote, right? Not that his Christmas does sound good at all. It Um, sounds terrible. But it it sounds like like his Christmas is lifted directly from the script of uh, Citizen Kane. Mm. That's what young Charles Foster Kane, basically. Right. What happened to him. Um, Yeah, like that that sounds bad, but it, you know, it's, and his, his dad was obviously like, you know, worked more than he wanted to spend time with his family, which is sad. I think that um, scene is but, really just their way of very quickly showing us why Trip is the way he is. Like he's just yeah, all sure. business. That's all he knows. That's what he's been taught to love and care about. And yeah, so that's, that's where he is. Um, this is where Kaylee says a line that is always a red flag to me when people describe workplaces. The Globe staff was like a family. <clears throat> mm. Um, I think more it, often in that than you not, are aggravated by half of them a lot of the time, or like, <laughs> is, is, it, is it really like a family, or is it? Yeah. A. What do you mean by that? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, there's this weird uncle who's always trying to touch me. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, there's always an uncle who wants to hug you and you know, you're like, oh, what's my excuse to not hug you this year? That's what Trip is, I think. Yes, he's the weird uncle you never want to hug. Um, this is where we learn that Kaylee was a therapist before she worked on the paper. And then and when they're done, they've like strapped the tree to the car. Trip is going to drive away. He's like, well, I'm really impressed. We didn't talk about work once. And Kaylee's like, we literally talked about management styles for several minutes. That's right. To him, that's not talking about work. That's like philosophy or something. That's like like date talk to him. Oh my God. He takes a woman out for dinner and he's like, so have you read... uh, (laughs) I'm trying to think of like a good management but have you read like Seth Godin? <laughs> God. Freakonomics, am I right? That's not management style, but that's as close <laughs> no. as I could get. Um I'll bet he's read So then probably people love Freakonomics. I've never read it. I don't care. Um, I understand the appeal. I'm a, I'm actually really into economics like in a very general sense. Yeah. Um, Freakonomics is the entire book is really just about trying to show people 
through models that they would understand mm. uh, as opposed to like obscure math models. Ironically, Danica McKellar could explain all of this so much better than because I Because she's, yeah, she's a math genius. Literal math genius. I um, love that she's a math genius. I love yeah, that so hard. She's great. She's really great. In a weird way, she's kind of like her character here because she's like supremely qualified to do a completely different job. Yep. But, but she does this instead. But chooses to do something different. <laughs> yeah. Instead of being a therapist slash math genius. Yep. She's a lifestyle columnist slash Hallmark actress. So then Kaylee and Steven have a phone call. I believe she's back at home at this point. Um, so Stephen is coming home uh, for reasons we don't yet know. And the tree is finally decorated. And we find out finally that Dan is the name of Kaylee's ex-fiance who went to Haiti two weeks before Kaylee and Dan's Christmas Eve wedding because they are monsters and had a wedding planned for Christmas Eve. Yeah, actually, now that you put it that way, it's much harder to sympathize with her. <laughs> he didn't even do it on the day. He left two weeks beforehand, so they had time to cancel a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are both monsters. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> I feel like that must have been his plan. Like that Christmas Eve wedding must have been his plan, because I feel like she's too considerate for that. And she just went along with it the way she goes along with everything. I think you're probably right. That feels real. That feels that feels appropriately accurate. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, back at the cafe, Trip has finally read Kaylee's column to like figure out what all the buzz is about, and we learn that he has also lost a fiance because he was so work obsessed right. that he couldn't make time for his fiance, and they bond over their failed relationships. Um, this is also where she reveals to Trip that she wrote a romance novel um, after her breakup with Dan, which is basically her story, but she's not written the final chapter. Is this a thinly veiled comparison to her life and this movie? I think we all know that. Oh, wow. I actually, I must have zoned out at that point because I missed that entirely about the fact oh, that she yeah. hadn't written the final chapter. <laughs> You must have zoned out because I don't think there's any way you wouldn't have pieced that together. If yeah, you were I would have. Attention. I would have so. noticed that for sure because again, it's a hundred percent. Yeah, it's a ridiculous. Um, it's a ridiculous way to write. <laughs> um, so then he offered Trip offers to publish her book uh, because well, he, he knows is... people. There's like a publishing wing of the big company that's taken over the paper or something right and he's like i yeah. know some people i can see about getting your book published so then kaylee gets a phone call that charlotte was doing some school thing at a retirement home and has fallen and hurt her arm yes. and amy is out of town with the car doing a thing and so uh kaylee is like i will go get her and trip is like i will drive you so they go to the retirement home and guess who the attending doctor is? Ex-fiance Dan. Um, Dan apologizes to Kaylee for their messy past relationship and asks her out for coffee. He wastes no time. He's like, I am 
we are getting back together. We have a future. Let's go out for coffee. Yeah, it's crazy how hard he it's- comes at her. Like, Trip is right there. For all yeah. for all Dan knows, Trip is her husband. Yeah. And, and Dan yeah, is- they haven't seen each other in five years. Yeah. Dan is like, oh, hey, man. So, Kaylee, what's up? So, yeah. Yeah. It's intense. It's intense. Yeah. She's getting um, a lot of, uh, like, it's, it's, it's basically a dick measuring contest from that point on. Oh, my God. It's just a fucking pissing contest between the two of them. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Even for these yeah. movies, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So um, then the next scene, speaking of like inappropriate. Mm, I've, like, I've got the same note you do. Please go ahead. <laughs> Great. Uh, so the next note, they return home with Charlotte, who is fine. Obviously, the, the hurt arm was a ploy. Didn't even uh, need plot a cast. Device. Didn't even need a cast. Yeah. She like fell and it was scary, but we just yeah. needed Dan to be there. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm good. Look. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Kaylee invites Trip into the house for cocoa because he has been so helpful. And so they're having cocoa on the porch and he asks her if she's been dating recently. Mm. And then he's like, Oh, I'm 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 so sorry. Um that's that's inappropriate. And then she's well, like, No, he's, it's he's trying to find out what Dan's deal is. I think mm. part partly, right? And yeah sure he's like doing a little investigating yeah and she i think she fills in a little more of her backstory there and he says and i quote anyone would be lucky to have you <laughs> and, and, and both dr slip and i were like whoa but <laughs> take yeah. it easy Pump if you the could breaks. if you could zip if you and dan could both zip up your flies Put your dicks away. Yeah, put those dirty dicks away for a couple of let the let the poor woman sort out a what she's gonna do with her life since you took her column. Yep. And yeah, oh boy. It's and rough. like I think I think it's also worth remembering that though he is not her boss right now. He is there fighting to be her boss again. Yeah, he's there. Right. A, he's there in a professional capacity. He's not yes. there to flirt with her. No. <laughs> I mean, he, he, one would think, yes. But like through this flirtation, like the main like thrust of him being in this small town, talking to her, making nice with her, reading her column, like like appeasing her which she doesn't i mean she knows but his job is also on the line which she doesn't know at this point is to be her boss again like he is trying to employ her he is what's it called when you're like headhunted for a job recruit thank you he is trying to recruit her to be his employee and is saying shit like anyone would be lucky to have you have you been dating recently so inappropriate yeah it's wild. La, la, la. He, I'm, I'm half surprised that he isn't like. So, are you into older men at all? You mostly date white guys, or you're into guys, right? <laughs> you What's on your Tinder? Deal? You on Tinder at all? <laughs> Can I read your Tinder profile? It would answer a lot of questions. Yeah, Jesus, guy, take it easy. <laughs> I think this is the point. There is this the skating? Yeah. Okay, so. This is the point where it seems like there maybe is a little bit of a spark between them, and she's like, "Oh, maybe Trip's not so bad." And then Stephen comes home. 
Steven shows up right there. Yep. <laughs> and is like, oh, hey, motherfucker, what are you doing here? <laughs> remember me? <laughs> yeah, remember me, bitch? Yep. So, uh, yeah, and why is that, Scott? Why is Stephen... Because Tripp, why... under the orders of his insane publisher, Tripp mm-hmm. has laid off, I think, most of the other columnists, including Stephen. Stephen's been knocked down to a weekly column, which, frankly, is what he probably should always have had. Same with her. Yeah. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> He's been <laughs> demoted to weekly columnist. And is losing like sub- substantial income, much needed in New York, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not pleased in general, yeah. and especially not pleased to see Trip there uh, schmoozing his best friend. And schmoozing he is. Yeah, schmooze and and schmoozing in order to get her to come back using funds appropriated from cutting Steven's job which once she learns that she is none too pleased about of course yep this uh rink scene is also or this like skating moment is also what I think I can say is objectively objective things aren't real but in this case it is objectively the worst scene in the entire movie where uh trip wants to read kaylee's novel and she says you can read it if you can catch me and then they have this chase scene in Mm -hmm. i don't know if you watched it closely i I made the unfortunate decision it was like i couldn't look away it was like the sun it's like when you look at the sun and you know you shouldn't be looking at the sun but it somehow hypnotized you into looking at the sun it was the worst thing i'd ever seen it was excruciating yeah the the blocking like there's a really uh, what i mostly remember is just this weird moment where he's behind her and he's kind of chasing her and he's stumbling a bit and it's a very rom-com moment completely inappropriate for the relationship that they have now yeah um yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird thing for her too i suppose she figures well he's an idiot he can't catch me <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. It, it seems, like, but he could be forgiven, I think, for thinking, "Oh, she is into me. We're flirting now." Yeah. But we're at home, and mm-hmm. Stephen and Kaylee are having a like BFF moment where they're dreaming up this Christmas cocktail event, um, with drink names like Jingle Juice and Santa Cosmopolitan. Steven is like, Trip isn't being straight with you. Like, I'm suspicious of him. He has mm-hmm. other motives. Be mm-hmm. careful. Right. So then we get to the bar and we meet Ben. Which you think who a psychologist is... would already know. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But anyway. But apparently not. She's just so positive all the time, Scott. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, but I don't, I don't know why that means you also skills. have to be an idiot. <laughs> it just does apparently so um so we meet ben dan's bff who 
is the bar owner uh, is the only black character in this movie with any kind of backstory um, and is gay. Right. Uh, And when you say backstory, you mean about 10 seconds of exposition because we we don't know a whole lot about Ben, but we do know more about him than the other person of color in the movie back in New York. The only thing we know about him is that he is gay and he and Steven end up dating. And he also has this moment later that I'll just talk about because it's at the bar event where Ben and Steven are like talking and Ben is like, I've known you for so long. I had no idea. And Ben is like, I didn't either. I just knew that I thought you were the coolest guy in high school. And like, that's the only thing that they say about queerness in this movie and they don't it's like entirely coded they like talk about queerness without ever saying a like keyword that could be like involved in the vernacular of queerness it's like cuckoo bananas yeah it's funny it, it almost feels like it, it almost feels like a weird like last minute decision on someone's part Mm. to be like you know what we need more gays in these movies who can we and and like were they looking at these movies and be like that guy reads is a little gay let's let's shoot some more scenes right and like yeah i don't know or like who can we make gay that like isn't a substantial enough part of this movie yeah nobody's going to be invested in no none of the audience is going to be sitting at home going oh man i'm really into that steven guy I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna daydream about a romance with him what he's yeah. gay oh yeah. <laughs> I hate you Hallmark why are the good ones always gay <laughs> it's true we are <laughs> at least a little bit <laughs> um, um so yeah, I don't know Brian and Mary are together because of her oh my god there's this I think the most obvious pissing contest moment happens at this bar scene between Trip and Dan where Kaylee is like making her speech she's like saying her thing she's organized this event here's my goal for the evening blah 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 here's why we're here and Trip interrupts her he just walks up to her while she's speaking takes the mic from her and is like I'm gonna buy everyone's drinks for 30 minutes and then Dan gets up and takes the mic from him and is like I'm gonna buy drinks for the next hour after that and like okay what the fuck (laughs) there she is the hometown girl with her new column she's rallied the town to do all these holiday things together yep she's she's trying to give a speech in like the hometown bar yep everyone's like oh great Uh, kaylee we haven't seen you in like five years and then trip comes up he's like thanks kaylee that's great so everybody (laughs) how about i buy your drinks for the next half hour and everyone's like yeah you're our and then Dan comes up, and you'd think at least a few of the people would be would be like, "Isn't that the motherfucker who left Kaylee at the not at the altar, but like left her five years ago?" And but she had to like, said they're like, "Woo, big bucks, Dan, buying our drinks." Yeah, 
Like, I don't know how long Dan has been back in town at this point, but um, but not so as we learned that as the next one, where Trip wanted to be a reporter and then got an MBA. Obviously, he has an MBA. Yeah, um, and then Kaylee says, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Puke. Right. Dan just, no, sorry. Trip just wants her to be happy. That's as all he wants. As long as she's working for him. As long as she's working for him. He doesn't say that part, but all he wants is for her to be happy. Yeah. Um, she finishes her novel. Her sister is proud. Trip likes the town and Kaylee. Amy invites him over for dinner. Mm. Uh, Kaylee's cooking. She's such a bad cook. LOL. Oh my Trip god. Trip and Dan. Trip and Dan both end up at this dinner. Oh, they don't just end up there. Trip is invited. Trip is Dan- invited. Dan shows up at the door with her scarf, which she supposedly left at the bar. He probably stole, so he could bring it could back. We- if we do another season of this podcast, which obviously we're not committing to at this point, I we will be adding lost scarf to the bingo card. Oh, yes. That's a good call. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So he comes to it's return real, her scarf. W- that's happened in like two of the three last movies that we've watched. <laughs> yes. It is a constant. Yeah. Come up with something else, Hallmark. Jesus. Yeah. So anyway, he, he shows up with her scarf. And what you would think any sane, reasonable person would would do would be like, oh, I see you've already got a dinner guest. I'm intruding. I'll catch you another time. He's like, hey, that smells good. Something smells good. (laughs) So, of course, she's like, "Um, would you like to come to dinner? And he's like, oh, absolutely. Thanks. (laughs) Like, can anyone give Kaylee a fucking just a yard of space yeah like, honestly wow she has no like yeah it's brutal like everyone is just breathing down her neck yeah and then, um, and then trip at, this comically terrible cook apparently yes somehow even though she's like yes. a homemaker not a homemaker but she's like writing this lifestyle column you'd think part of that would be I'm a decent cook and I'm going to give you tips on that. That that would be not in practice anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe in theory, like maybe she's writing about it, but she can't actually do it. Yeah. Um, So the pies burn and there's shenanigans with the burning. There's this kind of awkward moment where Charlotte is playing the piano and everyone's singing. Trip and Dan are like, it's just like a low-key pissing contest, this entire like montage of party activities. They're playing charades, they're opening presents, they're side-eyeing each other. Yeah. Um, Dan wants to get back together. He like makes a grand speech to Kaylee about wanting to get back together. Yeah. And then he leaves. And then Trip on his way out is like obsessed with this house he like keeps making these weird comments about how obsessed he is with the house and the decorations and all these things and then because it's a nice house he's used to that but he's not used to all the decorations i guess because his family never did that although again you'd think a wealthy family would be like for just the sake of appearances would hire somebody as we've seen in some of our other movies they'd hire Mm -hmm. a stylist or someone to come in and decorate it just so for the holidays Mm -hmm. 
but apparently they didn't even do that. His old man was like, well, it's 11 a.m. on Christmas Day. Better get into the office. (laughs) I'll see you at the club for dinner. Meet you there. Is he Richard Gilmore's illegitimate kid? Ooh, oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Literally just stopped in her tracks and said, how dare you? Oh my god. I mean, I love that, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah, I mean, Richard would never have an illegitimate child. No, he wouldn't. The way they've arranged the time in this movie is weird. It's like they wanted Mm -hmm. to fit in that 12 days device. Mm -hmm. So they had to get her home basically two weeks before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then he has to follow her almost immediately. Mm-hmm. So he's he's there basically for the better part of two weeks, which is crazy. Yep. Totally. Um, and they're not even halfway through that yet. And no. so it, it seems as if she's basically like a week before Christmas, she's kind of made her mind up about not wanting to be with Dan again. Mm. And even though, like she, I, I don't know if it's around here, but she has a little conversation with Stephen where she's like, well, Trip himself doesn't seem so bad. I'm sure it's just that crazy publisher that he's keep, he keeps talking about that's making him do this. Like mm. she wants to believe that Trip is not as bad as Stephen thinks he is. Yeah. Um, Even though Stephen is obviously correct. For a, um, I have a note here, <laughs> for a psychologist, she does not seem to understand people sometimes. <laughs> yeah. She's not good at like evaluating therapy psychologizing herself maybe that's why she's not practicing maybe she wasn't a very good therapist maybe not um so we get a montage of how presumably how kaylee spends the last yeah this is how we're gonna fill that extra week it's just a montage of bonding with more, i guess yes so they build a snowman there's this hilarious scene where she's typing on a computer and then like stares off into space for a second and then smiles and nods to herself and keeps typing um decorating cookies with children roasting marshmallows on a bonfire trip is reading her book montage ends and we go back to trip telling her telling kaylee that even though she told him this isn't what she wanted he took her book to the publishing arm of the company that he works for, and they have agreed to syndicate her column for the newspaper and throw in a book deal. Mr. Grantham is the name of the villainous Grantham, yes, that's right. Grantham. Um, to throw in a book deal if she returns to the paper. Obviously, she's mad. He admits to her that his job is on the line. And then he says to her, have more confidence in yourself. Mm. After undermining her confidence for the last two weeks. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then she says no to everything and he leaves. Yeah, she is understandably perturbed about the fact that he has somehow gotten her novel published in under a day. Um, or got her a book deal. Yeah, he's got her a book deal, again, in yeah. under a day. It's yeah. All of all of this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's it's. I guess it's not entirely ridiculous. Actually, it's not ridiculous at all to have like a columnist who you've also got a book deal with and like you've made those arrangements for syndication and stuff. 
it all just happens very quickly. Yeah. And it's kind of set up as a package, like he's sweetening the what he's offered her to come back. Um, yeah, with totally. Stuff that you would think she'd be pretty into. Um, yeah. But she doesn't like him kind of, uh, she doesn't trust him because yeah. she she's like, she's remembering what Steven said. And I think mm -hmm. she knows at this point that his job was on the line maybe. Uh, trip's job well he admits to her in this in this like moment they have in her house he finally admits to her and yeah maybe she does ask him outright because of what steven said and he admits that yes his job is on the line yeah um but yeah anyway uh just more you know writing publishing stuff that doesn't make sense but yeah the important thing <laughs> is he didn't consult her yeah he just like did something that she actively told him she didn't want and yeah he fucked up like i don't know if he actually sent her manuscript to anybody which would be a bigger sin yeah um, sure or if he just kind of sent an email and was like hey i've got this columnist she's very popular apparently i'm about to lose my job if i don't get her back can can we get her some kind <laughs> Help of me out yeah like <laughs> Meanwhile, um, in another so then, Hallmark movie, they're taking that call and they're like, oh, sure, we'll get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Every character in this movie, I love that every character in the Hallmark Christmas movies is a part of their own Hallmark Christmas movie that we're just seeing glimpses of. <laughs> I would love that if in a, if like a future movie, somebody is like reading her book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god they probably do, do i wonder this. i wonder if hallmark does shit like that i love that oh my god they probably do um, um I actually... so the next oh sorry go ahead mm -hmm. oh i was just gonna move us along in the plot so yep. feel feel free um i guess it's kind of related um because in my bingo i checked off product placement because there's a and I, and I kind of realized almost in a like X-Files shadowy conspiracy sense that um, I think every time Hallmark mentions something about sending like, for example, cards or gifts to the troops overseas and like showing support mm -hmm. for the troops that way, that's just Hallmark selling cards. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that never occurred to me before. Oh, shit. Right? Me neither. They're just selling yeah, cards. Yeah, 100%. This is, this is like the realization we had, I think maybe in yesterday's episode, about how there's always a montage of tree decorating. And yeah. obviously, it's always selling Hallmark. Ornaments. Hallmark yeah, ornaments. ornaments. We should put that on. Actually, we should probably put that on the bingo card as like HSO and HSC. Hallmark selling ornaments. Hallmark selling cards. <laughs> Totally. Um, um, okay, I so then don't have we're any at... notes after this. Okay, great. <laughs> I, just I will. <laughs> Perfect. Well, there's a really only one scene left. I mean, Mary tells Kaylee that Trip quit his job, which he told right. Mary as he was checking out of the inn. Right. And then the next scene is the ball. So I'll just fly through this because, you know, who cares at this point? Sure. Stephen and Ben show up and they're a couple. Uh, Amy and Rob are a couple. Mm -hmm. Kaylee, Kaylee's decided to stay in Pine Town, Pineberry. I called it Pine Town. Mm -hmm. um, Kaylee gives a speech. 
Dan has been thinking about their future and decides that he's going back to Haiti because he got a $2 million grant to build more hospitals. Um, so that is nice. that conflict is, as usual, wrapped up very neatly, no longer a problem. Then Trip shows up at the ball wearing a very seasonally festive suit. Uh, he has accepted a job as a business reporter in San Francisco, but before he left, he syndicated her and Stephen's columns, right. and she agrees to publish her novel, uh, Dancing Etc., and then they kiss. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it, it's all wrapped up very quickly, in much the same way yeah. that they, at the beginning and the end, it's always like a really quick ramp up, and then a really quick yeah. wrap up. Totally. Um, so yeah, it, it was all kind of a, a blur as I was watching last night, but I, I do remember those those plot points. Um, I also made the observation. I, I love how he's taking a I, huge oh. pay cut to, to go. Yeah, totally. Editor in chief at a at a paper in New York to a business reporter in San Francisco, which I'm sure in Silicon Valley or, or whatever, it's probably not a bad gig. Sure. But it's it's an interesting career choice. You love what you do. You never work a day in your life, Scott. Oh, that is such horseshit. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, I love Gosh. making comics, but I I work my ass off to do it. Like, yep. Anyway, Ugh. there's a Marxist rant in me somewhere about that. I'm not a Marxist, but I feel like inspired by you know. Hmm. Um, it was okay. Like it, the the gay characters, like I said, feel kind of shoehorned. Uh, definitely could have been more kind of queer angles or content. Uh, but this, this more than a lot of the movies that we've done was really on that Hallmark plot checklist, like just banging those scenes out. Right. Yeah, for sure. Whether they yeah, made sense or not. Big time. It felt a lot like this movie was not a like top priority in terms of production value for Hallmark like it really feels like Hallmark has like a tiered system of the money and investment they put into their movies and this mm -hmm. one did not make the cut for top tier oh yeah I, I think that's probably true in that respect they're no different from Hollywood you know they've, they've yeah got, sure they've got budgets for different like tentpole movies that are going to be the cornerstone of making their money back for that year yeah um but since it's all being like Hallmark productions or, you know, things that are being made for Hallmark, they are all ultimately going to the same place, at least at first. And then they might get, there's probably some weird parallel to be made here for the way her fictional newspaper works and the way, her, mm. the way Hallmark works. <laughs> the way Hallmark works. <laughs> totally. That's a whole other episode. So. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Won't worry about that right now. I think the only triad, I mean, the most obvious triad that no one wants is Kaylee, Dan, and Trip. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's the only, like, that's the only one that the movie gave us. Um, and obviously it's terrible. Yeah, like, I, I, I think part of the problem there is that those two guys it's 
it's hard to imagine them being um, like I, I think a lot of the time when we kind of have this wish list for characters to be queer or not, mm-hmm. it's because we feel there's some kind of potential in them. But yeah. I don't think there is any potential in Trip or Dan to no. be like a considerate lover of any kind. <laughs> no. no, no potential. I think that is an apt observation. Thank you. Apt. I would say I do see some potential in Charlotte for being a horse girl dyke. Which one is Charlotte? The daughter? The niece. The niece, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I think she's going to be a future horse lesbian. She looks like she's stepped out of an episode of Heartland. Um, Okay, well, we did it. Merry, happy Christmas Eve. Happy December 24th. Christmas, she wrote. A bland, uh, a bland entry in our... A little palate <laughs> cleanser for your Christmas Eve. Well, and buckle up for tomorrow. Tomorrow is Christmas Day, which will mark the release of a stunning episode by your illustrious hosts of a podcast in a queer tree with a very special guest i was thinking about whether or not uh, i should be a little bit boozy for our last episode <laughs> mm. <laughs> i'm a pretty low drinker in general but um, me too maybe yeah. maybe a special occasion calls for it <laughs> <laughs> i suspect the guest will be so <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> We'll see. Um, okay. Well, thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll be in your ears tomorrow for our last official episode of the season. And what a time it will be. Crazy. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Scott. You've been listening to Season 1, Episode 24 of A Podcast in a Queer Tree by Nicole Marcoux and Scott Marshall. Visit apodcastinaqueertree.com for this episode's links, plus our social media and a link to our Patreon. Don't forget to play bingo along with us when you're watching holiday movies. You can find the cards at hallmarkmoviebingo.com. Our theme music is by the most delicious batch of fruit wine you've ever tried. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow, but whatever you do, we love you. Happy holidays.